Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to wherever you are. You're listening to The Pilot, the first episode of the All Talk podcast. My name is Peter Onis and we're here with our co-host Halil Mustafa. We're going to talk about cars and we're going to try and uh, set up this podcast and have guests later on relating to different topics and listeners can send in all your questions. A good morning to Hal. How are you? Very good, Pete. Early morning, daylight saving. Someone slept in. Yes, uh, we're taping from Collector Cafe this morning. It's the first day of daylight saving. We started an hour late, but that doesn't matter when you're listening to it. It's still on time. We're here at Collector Cafe, and there's some beautiful cars downstairs. A gorgeous um, SL. Is that a 280, Hal? It's a 280 SL. It's a Pagoda. The Pagoda in a, in a sky blue metallic paint. Yep. Rob Nell Cobra, which is um, one of the original Robwell Rob Nell ones I read. The convertible 67 Mustang. There's a... Italian Statesman. Italian Statesman. A Maserati. A Maserati <laughs> Quattroporte. There's <laughs> a couple of Beatles down there. Uh, it's a re- really nice place. A nice place to hang out on a Saturday or Sunday morning or any any day during the week by the looks of it. Yeah, it's in Leichhardt in the inner west of Sydney. It's a good little place. There's some nice coffee here. We're just trying, trialling it now. And a um, bit of background. How Hal and I have been friends for over 25 years and um, all we talk about is cars. We email each other classified. So if you're that type of person that just talks about cars and emails their mates, links to cars that we can't afford and links to cars we shouldn't be buying, um, this is the uh, podcast for you. And I started out with Matchbox. Mum used to buy us Matchboxes and uh, from there the, the love of cars grew. And Dad used to take us to the Speedway out at um, Liverpool back in, what was it, behind... Um, Green Valley Plaza. Is that where it is now? Is that the, the site? No, that's where the Speedway was. And Green Valley Plaza is yep. now there. So, um, where they still do Speedway late at night in the car park? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the suburbs as yeah. well. <laughs> and then from there, we um, went to motor shows. The love of cars just grew and then started owning cars. Started driving at the age of 12, allegedly. Uh, Mum would give us the keys to the car to wash it. We used to live in a cul-de-sac and my brother and I used to drive up and down making sure the car was dry. And then, and then the passion just grew from there. I remember the first car I had was a uh, Suzuki Vitara. Do you remember that one, Hal? It was, um, it leaked. It leaked. But we had it for about six, seven years. It was, um, the uh, gearbox was as wide as a truck gearbox. There was no quick shift five speed in that thing. And um, that was a fun car. That was uh, appropriate for the day and age. Cheap insurance, cheap car to run. Um, then we moved on to, um, I bought a Mercedes A190, the bus. The little bubble. The less said, the better. It was a good little car. Everyone who drove it said, wow, what a good car. Everyone that looked at it hated it. And it was great to park in the city. You had uh, to take them in blindfolded. <laughs> and then uh, from there, we um, learnt the word turbo and bought a Mark V Golf GDI. Um, the two-door was imported from Germany. The four-doors was from South Africa. And that was a beautiful car. For a front-wheel drive, it handled um, really well. They moved up to a Mark VI Golf R, another car that ramped up to 9.5 out of 10, and then um, had the S-Class Merc for a while, it was a 10-year-old S-Class, and then uh, moved into um, the world of AMG, bought an A45, and that thing was a little pocket rocket, um, that flew, and now we're, oh, then we did that Porsche Macan, first world problems. First, yes, first world problems, when you buy a Porsche and it keeps breaking it down. down. Five times that went in for warranty work, and then uh, 18 months later, said goodbye, and bought myself an M3, which is um, a weapon, uh, an engine with wheels. That thing needs all-wheel drive. Sorry about the Porsche. 
Oh, me too. It's gone. What do you do? It was four doors. <laughs> it was the wrong one to start off with. Um, how your background in the cars? How did you get into it? I had zero interest in cars up until about I think it was year ten. I stumbled across a magazine called Street Machine, <laughs> and on the front of it, it had this L. I think from memory it was an LC Tirana. It could have been an LJ, but it was tubbed. It had wild paint. It had an engine sticking out of the bonnet, and I was like, what the fuck? So then I started buying Street Machine every month. I couldn't wait for it. <laughs> my first car, according to me, not according to my parents, was going to be an A9X Tirana, which never happened. Should have. Um, it should have, but... Um, Worth big bucks now. And then I started looking at um, buying X Chaser V8 Commodores as my first car, which wasn't going to happen either. Should have. Worth the money now. <laughs> but uh, my first car was a Toyota Corona SR 2.4 fuel injected. I had never driven a manual. I got talked into buying it, sold. Shouldn't sold have. It. Shouldn't have. Shouldn't have not, bought it. They're not worth anything now. They're not worth anything <laughs> and now. Then. Glad I got rid of it. But I learned to drive manual after buying a manual car and driving it home from the dealership. In saying that, though, the Toyota product in those days, they, they, they were the same engine they probably used in Celicas and It was. It was, it, was a, it was a sprightly car. Yeah. But it didn't last long. And, <laughs> I, um, and I quickly moved on from that to a, to a VL Turbo. Nice. Which... Um, should have kept that one. Should have kept that as well. Quickly moved on to that. Got into starting to make little mods here and there. <laughs> made some good power. Lost my license for doing 45 over the limit on Parramatta Road one night trying to drag race an unmarked VN Commodore. Did you beat him? No. <laughs> Well, I did, but he won anyway. <laughs> so, got rid of that, lost my license, got my license back, bought a Nissan Bluebird wagon. Wow. Fall from grace. You moved out of home, did you? Is that why? No, no. I was told I'd move out of home if I didn't buy a normal car. And then moved on from the Bluebird, bought a Ford Telstar TX5 Turbo. Was that the one with the digital dash? No. Oh. No, had digital nothing. Uh, spent way too much money on it to achieve way too much nothing. Um, <laughs> then got semi-adult and went and bought an X-Chaser VR V8 Red Commodore, which did some mods, touring-car style body kit, big wheels, uh, some minor engine work, went to the Summonats, shredded tyres, did all that kind of stuff. And then um, one unfortunate night on the M4, got um, clipped on the rear quarter panel by someone changing lanes. It was like a missile straight into the concrete barriers. Ouch. And uh, luckily everyone walked away. It was a one of those accidents that uh, no one had a scratch on. And then it was um, Subaru WRX time. That's when I met you. With the yes. updated headlights, you put those... It was, it was my first brand new brand new car i bought this lovely four-door wrx did you avoid the warranty within the first three hours i voided the warranty on the way back from tynan's <laughs> when i picked it up <laughs> i figured mum and i was still living at home so i figured mum and dad are gonna crack it if they see this car look different after i buy it so i picked it up from tynan's down at miranda and drove it straight to the shop and left it there <laughs> it was a good car a great car managed to stay out of trouble for the whole time i owned it which was a miracle it did get stolen and recovered but it was intact you mean your brother borrowed it that night yeah. <laughs> stole the head unit out of it as well <laughs> and then i moved on to um i was really growing up had my own business now so i bought an e36 m3 
I remember that one. Dakar Yellow. Should have kept that one. SMG. The worst gearbox ever made. That was when you, you pressed the button and it was one, two, yeah, three. Basically, gear. Yeah, basically you, you, you went for a gear and, you know, grabbed the coffee. So <laughs> came but, back for second. But it was a fantastic car. Did some track days with it. Street rubber. You could just, you could literally one-handed at nine-tenths go around tracks like Wakefield. That was, was a beautiful car. That was a four-seater because I remember I was in the back seat in that once. Uh, uh, get, yeah. The tin we, op- you had to yeah. get the tin can yeah, open to get yeah, me out. Yeah, we got you in and got you <laughs> out. Get me out. Yeah, yeah. We had to remove the front passenger seat. It wouldn't flip forward far enough. Far enough. Turned it into a convertible just to get um, me out. It's a great car. I drove to Melbourne, sat it on cruise, left Sydney, got into the outskirts of Melbourne on a tank with two people and a boot full of luggage. Nice. It was a great car, great fuel economy. It was unbelievable. Not many around. Um, you don't see those around. As shit happens, I wrote that off. <laughs> <laughs> done a deal with NRMA? No. Yeah, no. Well, they weren't happy about it. Um, no, it was just one of those stupid things, not paying attention. It didn't look bad, but it caused, caused substantial um, damage underneath. What'd you go then, from there? I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted. So a good friend of mine, Jim Glafsidi, had a um, BMW 5 Series that he'd picked up off your brother, this old brown faded paint thing. We need to get Jim on this one day. So, and Jim didn't want it anymore. And George didn't want it back. <laughs> so I picked that up and I, I drove there around for it. It was a Luxo barge. It wasn't good on fuel. So that's an ex-cop car from Germany then, isn't Pretty it? Pretty much. Uh, it's a great car. I, I drove it around for a while so I could work out what I wanted to buy and I, I, I really didn't know. I was sort of like, there was nothing new that had come out that had caught my attention. Then I went and started buying old cars, very old cars. Which one was the first? I think we know which one was the first one. I bought an old Hilux, a single cab, to run, just as a, to run around in. It's a good car, it just got me around. Then, you know, I just wasn't working with only having um, two and a quarter seats, as much as it had a seat belt in the middle. Uh, then I went off and bought um, that GFC time, the, the GFC we had to have, and there was a brand new Kia Rio <laughs> that had been... Uh, repoed from a dealership closing down. This thing was brand new. So it was like a fifteen, sixteen thousand dollar car and I paid ten grand for it from um, And this car taught us how to buy cars from interstate. Yes. It was our first road trip interstate. So uh, I bought a brand new Kia Rio one point six auto uh, for ten grand from Grays Online and went and picked it up. I didn't tell anyone. That was your road on, trip. I jumped on a plane, flew to Melbourne, picked up the car Put the temporary rego on it. Which means no hit, number plates. Yeah, and hit hit the highway in this filthy car with texture riding all over the windscreens and drive back to Sydney the same day. And that's how you run in a car, isn't it? Yep. That's the first thousand yep. Ks out of the way. Yeah, and then I wrote it off. <laughs> <laughs> how do you write I off did, a Kia? I did, um, I did, no, no, it was a great car. Drove it and drove it and drove it. And uh, again, just, you know, driving along, stuck in traffic, wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Right, traffic started to move, right, you know, and then um, the car in front of me didn't move, and I hit the throttle, and boom. Um, yeah, so I <laughs> right off the Kia. So, so then I taxed my dad's Gets. Oh, the Gets. Right, because again, I didn't know what I wanted to buy. So I bought him a new Gets, taxed his old Gets, drove that around for a while, 
and someone else wrote that off for me <laughs> while it was parked. So I wasn't happy. So now I actually had to go and buy a car. Right? I had to get serious and I had to buy a car for myself. I can see a pattern here. I bought a 1973 250C Mercedes Benz hardtop, one owner, deceased estate, doctor, books, 79,000 miles. It was time warp, original Michelin in the boot, original build data sheets in every, everything. Everything was there. Just bid on the phone with Shannon's and um, me and my good friend Pete, who turned up at the airport with a white plastic bag for a road trip instead of a instead of a backpack. I didn't know we were flying business class on someone else's so points. We flew business class <laughs> looking like peasants. Um, and we caught a train to where I thought we should be going. And then I made Pete walk like six k's to Shannon's. It was just over the hill. We're nearly <laughs> we, there. We're nearly, we're nearly, there, there. We're nearly there. Back fences. And we jumped in this 250C, did the uh, standard stop at the submarine on the way back to Sydney. and Again um, with no number plates. Again with no number plates. But with a plastic um, a, a, a printout of paper on the front windscreen, which tells the no law... No one stopped us. We can do whatever we want. If you're going to steal a car from Melbourne, just drive it back to Sydney. No one stops you. Just put a blank piece of paper on your dash. Not that we're advocating that. If no, one was no, to do no, that. No, don't do that. Um, so I drove that around for a little bit. I figured this car's too good to drive every day, but I still like old cars. So I bought a Valiant VG hardtop, one owner... 245, auto, 770. And that was a silly thing to do as a daily driver. I parked it, cleaned it up, sold it, made good money on it. Um, and then I had a corporate job. So now I needed a car. Not another car. So I did a deal with my good friend Pete here. <laughs> and he took the 250C off me. And I went and bought a Renault Clio 197. That was a good little yeah, car. That was a go-kart. Go-kart on wheels. This thing punched through the gears. Great to drive. Third to fourth. Those but tight gears. It was, it, 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 was, it was French, and it was just a love-hate relationship. The Renault. Yeah. We got rid of the Clio. I, I, I drove that for... I, 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 I just kept it as a, like a second car. That was a good little um, car. It was a great little car. It was a great car. It was a go-kart. It, it was, was uh, a little yeah. go-kart. You couldn't do anything with it. It wasn't practical. Great little gearbox for a French car. I know what I did. I got married. <laughs> and then I needed... Then I needed... Then I needed a car. A four-door because there was kids coming. Did you buy a Kia? <laughs> no. So... So it was back to uh, Grey's Online. I bought a uh, I bought a, a Hilux Workmate from Grey's Online. It was a repo liquidator thingy. I paid nine and a half grand for this car. I jumped on a plane, went and bought this automatic 2.7 petrol Hilux. Uh, drove it back. Took took my dad to Brisbane with me. It was my first trip road trip from Brisbane to Sydney in the wet. On skinny tyres, you know, rear-wheel drive. With no weight at the back. <laughs> Hilux. I drove that around for... I only got rid of that last year. And so that meant seven years I had it. Uh, great car. Did petrol, oil, service. That was it. Nothing else. Ne not not one thing. Typical Toyota Hilux. And then I started, then I started getting antsy again. I figured I needed a nice everyday car. The boys are now toddlers. The Hilux is a bit rough for the family to bash about in it's not a good second family car 
So I went and picked myself up a 1985 VK Group A Tribute. Because I really needed that four-door family-style Commodore. <laughs> with no headrest um, at the rear. Um, and this this thing was, had been, bodywork had been done, trim had been done, most of the correct bits, as close as to a genuine car you were going to get that wasn't a genuine car. And I Featured spent, in a TV show. Yeah, featured in, uh, had a run on Home and Away, Pepsi commercial, managed to get hold of all the correct bits, steering wheel and stuff like that, correct, date code. And then I realised this is not a good family car, parked it. And lucky I'd kept the Hilux. So I went back to the Hilux, stumbled upon doing nothing apart from sending Peter Ronis links to cars that we shouldn't be buying and can't afford. I went and bought an Audi A7 bi-turbo S-line diesel. Diesel. It, it was black. It was black wheels, black black everything. It was Darth Vader's car. Uh, it's got this active exhaust that you can turn into sounding like a Lambo. 235 kilowatts, 650 newton meters, 0 to 105 flat. It was like a two-ton saloon that did 800 k's to a tank. So I'm still driving that. Has Dieselgate affected that? I think they did do a uh, a reset on it when I took it in because I noticed um, that there was a few changes. But yeah, gun car. I love driving it. And then uh, I went and ordered myself HSV GDSR. When uh, is it in a like a unassuming colour? Yeah, it's green. Green. Yeah, green. Kermit green, green. Green. I went into the dealership. I said, look, what are these things going to be, guys? Oh, look, here's the prices. There was no intent on him selling me anything. I was buying a car. Uh, he showed me the options list, which was limited to uh, the factory black roof, the sunroof, Alcantara steering wheel, car cover, and a spare wheel. I said, right, tick those boxes for me. How much is it? And so my toddler out to go to Big W to buy nappies. And I came home with a $130,000 car. And it's you, my wife's fault because she told me to go to go, shops. Go to the shops. And, and and usually when you order a car, some punters like to get it as quick as they can. And what did you request? Well, I wasn't really ready to buy a $130,000 <laughs> car, but I wanted it. Can you put my allocation to the last one, and, and he said second to, to last? So he, he went inside, he grabbed his uh, uh, stock order. He said, look, this is what we've been allocated. And I have a car that's... an scheduled for an October build and you're looking at a December delivery. I said, yeah, that works. Which is like 15 months away. Uh, no, no, it was February, so it was like 10 months away. Uh, I said, look, look, that works for me. I was fortunate enough to go to the HSV factory while it was still in the process of um, being finished. They were doing that uh, towards the end of the final Yeah, the few people months. got, yeah, they were lucky to go through there, but my car got delivered a couple of days, oh, what was it, Christmas Eve, 2017, auto... Spitfire Green GDSR, and it now has an amazing, after 10 months, it has an amazing 900 kilometres on it. And I like your theory on cars that are keepers and should not belong to someone else, and that is, how much fuel do you leave in that car? I leave very little fuel in it. Because if someone takes it? Because if someone wants to get into where it's stored and grab hold of it, they're going to have to go get petrol. And there's cameras at the service. there's cameras at the servos. (laughs) So they're going to have to go and fill up. <laughs> so usually I jump, if I'm going to, I jump in, I throw 50 bucks in it. My average fuel consumption when I'm driving it that once 
every now and then is about 35 litres, 100. Not miles so, per gallon. So usually I put about 35 litres in it. I do 100 k's. <laughs> and I know that they're going to have to put fuel in fuel it. Fuel in it where yeah. there's photos and cameras. Oh, that's brilliant. And then I bought another car. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to start modding the GDSR. And I thought, and then I thought no, no I do I really want to do that. I was going to do unnoticeable mods. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to um, Kirk from um, Forced Induction Inner Chillers, who does some great work with the LSA engines. So I was, I, I actually did buy those blower spacer plates and bits and pieces that just you know help it breathe better and give it more. But I, I haven't done it. It's just, the parts are still sitting there. And I figured I'm not going to do this. I want an old school Ute because I still I now need a Ute. You know, I want to throw shit in the back. Because so, you've never had a Hilux. You've had three or two. That... But I didn't want to go and buy a Ute and pay 1200 bucks a year to pay for green sleep and rego and insurance. No. So I started shopping and bought a 1985 Toyota Hilux SR5. With the factory stickers. Extra cap. Factory stickers, factory condition, all the original books and everything. Auto, petrol, starts first time, old school cruiser. And Scott, is it the blue interior? What, what interior? It's the blue is it? interior. It's just time warp Hilux. It's got an aftermarket. It's got the, unit. the cigarette window, the little triangle. It's got the little triangle cigarette window. It's got. It's all original. The sun visor. It. I don't know how tradespeople use these in the eighties <laughs> because if you put anything in the back, it's unlikely you're going up a hill, and it's unlikely you're stopping at the bottom of a hill in the wet. But um, but that's my. Um, not your daily now. That's it's he, not that's, my daily. His, that's historical plates. It's on historical plates. We'll talk about historical plates on another podcast, I think. That's an interesting little thing. It's good to see that New South Wales government's promoting classic cars and uh, making it affordable for people to um, drive old cars <laughs> and, and keep them running while not driving them every day. But that's my fault. That's, um, that's it. All right, we'll, we'll take a break and we'll get back to you. We're back after a short break. There was, we mentioned earlier, a few of the cars here at Collector Cafe. There was an ET Turbo out there, Hal. Did you see the... Uh, the Pulsar. I saw that. I saw the Subaru SVX and the SVX. Turn up as well. We sent each other a link with a white one that I saw with the SVX with the uh, the futuristic window display. That was a good little car, underpowered, of course. It's Subaru. You know what Subaru backwards is? You are a bus. The, the, SV, <laughs> the SVX was a was a one of those groundbreaking cars. But I look at them now and just think, someone please throw an STI motor in it. Yeah. And it's been done. It should it's be. Been do- it's, be- it's been done a few times, but I think. That's why I try and stay away from cars now. It was better um, than the Vortex. Remember uh, that? Actually, the Vortex would be a great car to throw an STI motor in as well. I think they did have a turbo engine in it. That's but the it... problem when you have this uh, thing with cars now where you think resto mod, you want the newer running gear in the older car, um, but to keep that standard old look. Ca- yeah. So I think it's the looks. I mean, everyone upgrades brakes. If you had an old EH Holden... I mean, you'd be upgrading your your brakes and 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 the and the running gear, but that's the part you can't see if you want to drive a, a sort of historic car, but at the same time be a bit safe on the road without relying on old skinny tyres and dodgy brakes. The other thing that I was thinking on the way here today, it's Bathurst Day as well. We don't know who won, but when you listen to this, you probably can tell us. It's almost it's one year since Holden and Toyota closed factories, packed up stumps, and probably two years when Ford did it. And I was thinking about when you were talking about earlier about your GDSR and and um, the way Holden's going. It's it's it. Mate, Holden is synonymous with Australian cars. They, they they did a good effort, but at the end of the day, they were making cars that people weren't buying. I mean, the SS was a good car, but you can't rely on 
on a one-trick pony with the way petrol prices are now. If they were still building the Commodore, they'd be just stockpiling them in car yards. Yeah. Well, that's my other other bugbear with that. It's it's a, my little rant for today. Um, Halil's rant. I, I see I see on social media, especially on Facebook groups, various you know car enthusiast groups. Everyone wants to have a sook about uh, Holden being shutting down manufacturing. The Commodore's gone. We've got this piece of shit called the ZB, which it is a you know it's it's not a Commodore. It should never have been called a Commodore. Um, I haven't driven one. By all accounts, it's a great car, it's, but it's, it's not it's a Commodore. Not a Commodore. So the issue is the people whinging about it weren't buying new Commodores, right? So, you know, there was if it wasn't for the V8 ones, the SSV and the HSV versions, etc., they were the ones probably making money for Holden. But in general, Holden was getting shafted by GMHQ and getting that's what people, cars dumped on them. That's what so people fail to understand. So, so was Ford. They, were, they had a... Cl- I mean, the, the you know, I, I'm a Holden guy, but I love all types of muscle cars and cars that deserve to have that kind of attachment to it. But the Barra engine in the Fords, mate, world-leading powerhouse engine. Like, there's guys running, there's guys getting 1,000 horsepower plus. It's like the uh, the, 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 the Supra motors from the uh, Fast and Furious era. Big power, made in Australia, designed in Australia, but there's just no support from HQ. And But people, but they were getting junk dumped here. Meanwhile, you've got Kia and Hyundai and, you know, some and the Japanese manufacturers and that, that saw the shift in the market and were giving people what they want to buy, which was, you know, cars loaded with features, right? And... At a good price. At a good price. You know, you, you walk in and look at the price of a Holden Astra and you go in and look at the price of a Hyundai i30... And you compare the features and everything, and you compare the sales support and the aftermarket support and the warranty. That's why people are, they're not buying cheap Chinese cars or cheap junk. The cars are the same price. The, the market dictates what gets sold. At the end of the day, and and the other thing is, I know we, a lot of people fail to realise that it is corporate that makes these decisions, but Correct. government also has a role. Don't don't think Mercedes and BMW and Audi are all on their own. The German government pumps in a lot of money to support this, these industries. The French the French do the same. The American government save save the, the bailout. The Australian government didn't want to play ball anymore. And and there's the, a reason for that, Pete. The Germans are exporters. We're not exporting Commodores. We exported a handful to the States. Yeah. We exported a handful to the Middle East, right? So, apart from the Commodore, and what are they? They're not exporting Falcons. No. They're not exporting um, Colorados because they get imported from Thailand. Thailand. Right? So, you can't keep... I mean, unless you're going to be exporting Commodores and exporting them at the rate of a 3 Series or a C-Class or an A4 or something, it's not going to work. But that's where the market dictates. No one wants that's to buy right. a four-door sedan anymore. But they do, just not one that's an arcade car. Everyone's gone SUV crazy. That's right. So where, where GM probably failed is that if they were going to... They should have seen that, especially the Australian market, had still had this market where people like their large four-door, uh, high-powered cars or, you know... You know, reasonably powered cars, not four-cylinder cars and not little diesels. What they should have looked at is things like the 
um, the Cadillac, the CTSV, and that coming here a lot earlier in factory right-hand drive. But again, the bean counters dictate that, and it wasn't going to happen. Well, that's the problem with with Holden now. If you look at the statistics, they they've fallen out of the top ten for the first time ever. Um, well, I'll go on record and say Holden's dead. Well, what's what I said at the, at the beginning? It's synonymous with Australian cars now. General Motors is a hodgepodge of different brands, and they've tried Opal, they've tried Daewoo, they've tried cars from Korea, they've tried the, Vauxhall, the, 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 the American. It's not going to work. And they might, they knew this day was coming. Ford has adapted, but Ford is a global company. They've 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 they've, they've broken down their platforms in a in, in a global, and and they're bringing out one product that the world they're buying them. The Mustangs have gone crazy for the first time in 50 years. They've been exported. But um, General Motors have, have just lost the plot, and and they should have adapted. They should have brought in Cadillac ten years ago. They should have brought in um, the Opal. Well, they tried the Opal, but tried to do it as a single only. Put under the Holden banner. In, in general, they dropped the ball. They're paying for it now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've got enough cars, but <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to get a nice dual cab Ute in the next twelve to eighteen months. Does Holden I, sell you I, one? I, I'd buy one now. Does Holden sell you one? Well. well I bought, I mean, I paid 130k for a HSV Holden about, what, a year ago, right? Now, have I been contacted them? And I'm on their database because I get their emails about junk and rubbish. But has anyone called me from HSV or sent me something from HSV? This is the new sports cap. Sent me anything? Or the Camaro? Or the Cam- Nothing, right? So, you know, it's, it's just, mate, they dug their own, I mean, they dug their own grave, right? It was just, they just thought that, you know, people are going to keep buying and keep buying. Oh, it's the last Commodore. They've still got Commodore sitting in yards. Yeah, I've right? seen Because them. they thought they were going to gouge people every last dollar. Yeah, deal of delivery, 10 now, grand. I went and looked at the HSV Colorado sports cap. They want 70K plus for a car. And I look at the, the Ford Ranger Wild Track. I can get the same car. I can get a better view with more safety, okay, and more tech, right, for... Less money than a basically a tarted up Colorado. Yeah, the kit, the, 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 the HSV badge. I oh, don't have the badges. It's not on a HSV. What? I mean, if you're going to stick a HSV badge on it, okay, then drop an engine in it. Well, which is what HSVs. Even if you're not going to drop an engine in it, at least do what Tickford offer with Ford and offer a tune for it. Don't just. I, I, mate, I can go buy a get a good deal on just a normal top of the range. Z71 Colorado or something and go and throw my own wheels on it okay and it's not going to void my warranty or anything I can go get my own trim done mm. right and you know and it's not going to look tacky and it's not going to call sports scat I mean that's what it sounds like sports, sports scat <laughs> I mean before everyone starts writing in we're not holding haters I mean we, I, love my I, I like I like and I support Australian but it's just that the marketing department I think it's what they've been dealt with Hal I mean you've got Four drives from the US via Mexico um, that aren't competitive in the market, and uh, but then you compare it to what Toyota's done. You've got Holden showrooms. Now I live near Sutton's Chalora, and I remember Sutton's Chalora chock full of Holdens. Yeah, right. And in the Holden, the Holden and, and the, the grass, Holden the Holden showroom now. The Holden showroom now is what. The Hyundai showroom would have been 20 years ago. Yeah, and, and a little tiny corner where they're, it looks like they're just putting, dipping their toe in the water to see what the market likes. Meanwhile, the Hyundai showroom and the Kia showroom and etc., right, and Mercedes showrooms are all 
Mate, you go to a Mercedes dealership on a weekend now, right? Chockers. It's chocker yeah, block. Mate, yeah, the C-Class is outselling. You, you nearly have to make an appointment to see a salesperson. C-Class is outselling Commodores and, and Holdens, there and I go. think Mercedes are, are nudging so, up there. So all those people that think that, you know, Holden got killed off just because, okay, of cheap imports or the government wasn't supporting them and this, that, the other, right? Well, how many new Holdens did you buy in the last 10 years? Yeah, the market's dictated. Right. They're, they're not buying their cars. They're not buying their product. And the and, and the, what and, and what product was Holden dishing out to, ten, to Joe Public? A ten-year-old car with a right. V8 in it. But um, and the dealers are struggling. I feel sorry for the dealers because now they're putting in Mitsubishi and <laughs> they, they've had to join forces with other car makers. And you know, I, I think you're right. Holden is um, a name that should be rested. It's it's no longer. Well, Elon Musk came to Adelaide last year, Hal. I'm sure he could have looked at a factory there and could have helped out with a Tesla, make a Model 3 out of Adelaide. I think, I, I look, as a car enthusiast, I think there's enough, there's some great products in the GM stable, but they seem to treat the Australian market as a, you know, as some backwater, we'll just dump our junk on them. And we've been given some crappy cars by GM and Holden over the years, like some more, smaller cars in recent years. I mean, you look at the number of people that buy utes here, and I think Dodger's got the idea because it looks like we're going to get the Dodge the Ram. Ram in right-hand drive from next production. Yep. Now, you know, you, there's there's a changing landscape. People, are ha people want these larger SUVs or medium SUVs and, and, and utes. Because they're practical. Holden and Ford missed the boat off. If, if it wasn't for the Mustang, I don't think... And, no, and the, the Ranger's If it wasn't it. for the Mustang and the Ranger, no one would be yeah. walking into a Ford showroom. True. What, what are you going to go in and buy? A Mondeo? A Focus? <laughs> if it, and and, and, and that's, the, that's, that's the thing. When the public is buying more expensive cars than what you've got in your stable, you know, when someone goes in and buys a Mercedes A-Class instead of buying a, or whatever, you know, then you know it's not about the money anymore. Mm. It's about your product. That's it. And, 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 you know, we live in a country where, you know, there's a reasonable amount of uh, disposable income for most people. They'll buy, they'll, if they can buy a Merc for 40 grand over a Well, the A-Class has shown that, the new A-Class. Fo focus for 32, they'll 33, get the 34. They'll get the, the extra thousand bucks a year, they'll get the Merc. Because when they go to resell it in five years, they got the extra thousand bucks a year back in resale. If yeah, they've looked true, after their car. True. And there's a demand for a good product. The Australian public's not stupid. Well, that's uh, the rant for the week. We try to solve Holden's problems in 10 minutes. I think it needs a bit more than that. That's, um, we're going to try and wrap up our first podcast, The Pilot. Go to your social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram, and just look up All Talk Podcasts. It's All Talk, T-O-R-Q-U-E. See what we did there, talk. And send in your questions, and, and, and we'll go through um, answering your questions as well. Like I said earlier, we're going to have guests on. We'll put a shout-out to what topic or what guests we've got so you can send specific questions. We're going to have uh, friends on from the trucking industry. We're going to, going to have some friends um, talk about legal aspects with motoring. Um, we're going to talk about joining car clubs, um, just different topics and, and, and um, issues of the day. We'll, we'll talk about news. And and my plan to have seven cars on historic rego where it costs less than $3,000 a year to run seven cars. Don't wreck the rort. <laughs> well, there you have it. Thank you for listening and uh, look out for future episodes. And thank you very much. Bye for now.